weather is a pretty important factor in sailing. How do you add in that factor in e environment? <laughs> well, in e sailing, the weather is always really nice. <laughs> you could say that. Welcome to the Athlete Story Podcast. Your chance to tap into wisdom from athletes and experts in world-class sports. You are about to be taken into a chat about sports careers and related issues between an awesome guest and your listening host. The Sports Insider, repurposed Olympic mogul skier and former freeride world tour athlete, Anya Bobia. These are difficult times pretty much globally now and I feel bad for athletes who are out there seeing their big events being cancelled or their career quite short or maybe even the Olympics being cancelled. It's just one of those things that's beyond our control. And if this concerns you, it's okay to be upset, of course, and be frustrated. But try to look at what you can do instead. You know, there may be something you can catch up on. We have to deal with the best way possible. Everybody is making sacrifices these days, and that just seems to be the only way to combat this common enemy. So please, 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 whether you're still active or you've retired from sports, take care of yourself. Don't, of course, let yourself get unfit, but it's really important that you don't go into overtraining mode as well because you really need your immune system. And I don't mean to sound panicky or anything, but please take care of yourself and feel free to reach out if you want to have a chat with me. Okay, now let's move on with today's episode. A sport is an offer, like any activity or product out there. It has to compete with other offers for people's time, attention, and money. Our sports marketing people, of course, know this, but it's usually not top of mind for federations or athletes. But the sports who understand this, they tend to grow, and those who don't, they kind of tend to slow. Stay tuned to hear how the sport of sailing is currently on a wave of refreshing and revisiting their offer in order to make it more accessible and to leverage the uniqueness of their sport. This is Athlete Story, your show if you want to keep a connection to your athletic identity and to the world of sports and to other athletes while pursuing your new mission in life after sports. I'm your host, Anya Bolbia, a former World Top 10 skier in moguls and freeride skiing, now way into life after sports. I'd like to invite you to join other former athletes and me here on Athlete Story for resources to help you Put your former sports career to work for you in life after sports. I think it's fascinating how big a role that marketing and messaging plays in our decisions every day, even in sports. And I'm not talking about how sponsors use sports and athletes to market their products. I'm talking about how sports itself needs to use marketing to stay relevant and interesting and keep recruiting new athletes. Now, you having been part of these tours and tournaments and competitions, I'm sure you've seen things that could be done. Think a little bit out of that established box. Now, in skiing, we had a big movement around the turn of the millennium, yeah, <laughs> 20 years ago. Our skiing was losing popularity and a couple of handfuls of, of athletes, young athletes in skiing took matters in their own hands and created this new school movement it was called. I think we'll have to do an episode on that one day, but today it's about the sport of sailing and how they're doing a whole makeover, both in the offer and in the marketing, to make it easier to get out on the water and to spin on the unique benefits that sailing has to offer. So I've invited Nina Amundsen from the new Sailing Champions League to come tell us the story about how they're building a more commercial tour and refreshing the offer of sailing as a competitive sport. So let's welcome Nina Amundsen. 
Before we dive in, I just want to tease the Successful After Sports Summit that will help you kick off this next decade from home or wherever you choose to tune in from. You see, this is an online conference where I'm bringing on super relevant experts to help you create a life after sports on your terms. Uh, we cover everything from defining what that even means to you to diving into your identity beyond sports to practical ways to position yourself as well as career inspiration and what that's whether you want to land your dream job or create your own business. So head on over to athletestory.com forward slash successful after sports to sign up for more information and get the special offer for the Athlete Story podcast listeners. Hi, Nuna. Welcome to the Athlete Story podcast. Thank you very much. I really wanted to invite you on to tell us about what you're doing in the sport of sailing because it's quite, I think, revolutionary is a good good word for that. <laughs> you kind of broke out from the sailing official sailing federation, or uh, if I understand it correctly, and did your own tour as an association called... The Danish Lake. Sailing Lake. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we are kind of a breakouters, if you can say that. Actually, we started together with the Federation, and the Federation is still a big part of our league, if you can say so. They support us economic with some fundings yearly, and also we use them a lot due to contact to each of the clubs and, and the whole community, though. But, but it's true that we figured out at some point that it was better actually to start on our own regarding sponsors and the whole management about the tour or the league, if you can say. So usually we call it the Danish Sailing League. So you kind of commercialized the whole concept of competitive sailing a little bit, right? Yeah, that's true. It actually started in Germany. We here in Denmark figured out that it was quite a good idea. The concept was really nice. So the Sailing League actually started as a concept in Germany and we just copy-pasted as good as we could here in Denmark that time it was the project manager called Peter Walsing, who mm -hmm. is still the project manager, who started it together with the German. So first it was German who had the, the German sailing league, the Bundesliga, and then Denmark uh, came on the year after. And then actually now it's 23 countries who's doing the league and most of them is, is commercialized. It makes really good sense because we own the boats and we race a lot all over the country. The setup is, is really good for our own setup, actually. And so who, who participates in this? The participation are the clubs in Denmark. And to participate, you need to be a member of the Danish Federation, the Sailing Federation. So it's actually all the clubs in Denmark who can participate. And we have a first division and we have a second division. So if you are a new club joining the league, you need to start in second division and then you need to sail as good as you can to get into the first division. So it's 18 clubs in each of the divisions. So the first division is the 18 best clubs, the teams in Denmark. And it's, of course, the same in the second league. And so why is it better, in your words, to, to do it like this than the way it's always been done? I think one of the main reasons is it's a bit complicated for the federations only to have this really uh, focused concept as a league sailing. The Federation needs to take care of sailors who is just beginning, five years old sailors. They need to take care of a lot of all the volunteers' work. And, for example, buoyance, if you are just sailing on tour, if you're just cruising. Mm -hmm. And they need to take care of so many different things. And, and that's a really big task for the Federation. And for that reason, this league sailing 
does not really fit into the federation's system, actually, I would say. But I mean, we are really close, but sometimes it just makes better sense to have when it's such a small thing, if you can say that, for the whole federation to kind of make it as a as a more commercialized size, make it as a more commercialized concept. But still with like input and, and a lot of, I would say, development with the federation, but we just have so many ideas which the federation for some reason cannot be in connection with or maybe responsible for uh-huh. because it's not really in their mission and it's in our mission to be commercialized. And, and as a federation, you are not supposed to be 100% commercialized, especially not in Denmark, I would say. If you're like in some other sport and you say, well, I think I can make a better tour than what we have already in my sport. Well, what does it take to start a whole tour like that? Where do you even begin? I think I would really make sure that I had my staff ready. It really takes the right staff to make a tour. We see it in different sports, in different uh, organizations. You need to have a man who is willing to work his ass out. Oh, if you don't have that certain person, it's really difficult. We see it in the different countries as well. We have a certain person in France who is just willing to almost die for his league. And it's the same in Germany and we see it in Sweden and we see it in, in different other concepts within the sailing league, within the woman on water and our e-sailing concept too. You need that certain person who is willing to break a leg or how would you say it to to uh, succeed is it like a privately owned could you say well now we've built this brand the the league here now let's put it for sale and see who wants to buy it can you do that or is it still the federation's brand i think it's different to each country because each country has different obligations to the federation from our point of view i think we would definitely need to speak to the federation first But I think from our business perspective, it would be a better idea, I think, to have a sponsor on board saying, so this is your brand, you're part of the league now, you can commercialize, you can use our branding, you can use the sailors, the clubs, the whole concept into your own business strategy. As we see it with Carlsberg recently, they actually made a whole 2020 strategy about sailing, sailing, uh, sail 22, it was called. And it was all about what you learn from sailing. So how you react, the team spirit, how you need to be able to take a decision every second, almost when you're on the water. And even though you think you have a goal in front of you, the finish line, then you need to change strategy almost all the time to reach your finish line. And that part of, of how would you say, sailing as a concept is, from our point of view, a better way to develop sailing than just sailors. We really appreciate our partners than just selling the concept. How do they use it? Do they use it for their own staff or is it more like to be associated with a good sailing education and and the lessons that lie in there? Definitely the first. It's an intern strategy that the CEO says hard. He kind of, what would you say, published it a few months ago and now they are working hard on it as I figure out in, in Carlsberg these days. It's a strategy for 2020, so it's got some years to run on still. Then I know that you've made like kind of a collateral product, which is women on water. Wow. (laughs) Can you tell us more about that? The story is quite nice, actually. We had a Danish team who was sailing the finals of the Sailing Champions League. All the best teams all over the world sailing in this sailing league concept. Uh, It could be Germany, it could be France, Sweden, Norway, Russia. The best teams from each country 
get into the final. And we had a Danish team. We actually had a few, but one team was only female sailors and they were shining. We sailed the final in Portiavo, which is a really, really nice area, really good waves, wind, boats, everything is just really nice. And the Danish team just blowed away everyone, even the hosting club too. So we figured out when we were down there, that it was a shame that they couldn't really have anyone to sail against. It was all female sailors on that boat and And that was it. There was maybe one or two girls on the other boats, but otherwise it was actually just men. And the Danish team from the Royal Danish Yacht Club, KDY, said, oh, we want some some female sailors to compete to. Otherwise, we will never get better. So how can we do that? And we sat with the two two of the Danish sailors, Henrik Koch, a former Olympic sailor, and uh, Josefine Bohl, who is a matrice sailor. And we just figured out we need to do this. We need to get some women on water. And that's actually where it started. So we asked out saying, well, what, what can we do? They said, oh, we just we just need to be on our own. It's more safe. So we figured out that actually it's just to set up a framework where the female sailors just go sailing on their own. If there's a man on board, then the man will more or less take over. And mm-hmm. then we're back to scratch. So we actually set up some events and some concepts and networks meeting where it's only for female sailors. And slowly but surely, they are coming out saying, oh, I would like to sail too, but, you know, down where I live, uh, we're not that many female sailors. And every time we go out, it's almost every time the man who's taking over and then we're back to scratch and we were like, yes, exactly. We know that story. We've actually just said to the men, just... It was one day where we can sail in the boats. For example, could be a Thursday. So Thursday in a certain club, it's only female sailors. And then slowly but surely we're growing. So we started with race only for female sailors. And we, we were a little bit unsure if the timing was right. Did we have enough female sailors who were actually willing to compete against each other? In Denmark, because the popularity of female sailors is a bit now and then unsure to define because we don't really know. There's a lot of, of female sailors who used to sail and then they had kids and they came back and it was a bit unsure for us. Mm-hmm. But actually the race was sold out in, in a few days and we had a waiting list. So we started out really well with the first event in Sundby in Copenhagen and we're doing it actually in third time now, third year. So we had to increase the number of participants. We had to increase the number of teams. So we had teams from all over the world, actually, Portugal, Germany, Sweden, Norway, Finland. It's a huge success. And we actually sold, as we spoke about before, we sold the concept to different countries now. So WOW is established in Hungary, Sweden, Portugal, Switzerland is doing it. So slowly but surely... Other sailing federations is, is figuring out that this is a really good way to get women on board. It's kind of unique in sailing that way, yeah, that you have to do this in order for women to actually get to lead a boat and do <laughs> their own thing and not just follow orders. Yeah, well, in, in the Olympic sailing, the females are really, really good. But due to certain certain different things, then kids come in and work takes some time. And then it can be difficult for the female sailors to get back on track. Mm-hmm. But for this project, the sailing league concept is that you just show up, you sail, and you leave. You don't have to prepare your boat. You don't have to figure out what to do with the sails during the winter and everything. It's a little bit more expensive, though. But the league takes care of everything. So we call it like just like you have for fitness. You just go train and go home. And that's what it's all about. We make it really, really easy. 
for the sailors. All you, all you need really is a couple of teammates and then you can just show up. The boat will be there. and We've tried to make it really, really easy to go on the water just for a few hours, actually. Yeah. And also that is just a thing because it can be really, really windy and cold and so on. So just a few hours is actually enough. You don't have to be, you know, on the water training super hard for seven hours. That can kill uh, all kind of enthusiasm. <laughs> and then I think you do more events around the sailing as well, right? To help women network better and connect with each other. Yeah, but that's a way of commercializing too. We hope that together with the WOW network, which we established, could get, you know, just a touch to some companies, major companies who actually thought like Carlsberg, oh, this sailing concept is is quite nice and we would like to cooperate with a company like this. So we've got some few companies on board. We've not really managed to get a huge sponsor yet, mm-hmm. uh, which would be really nice because as a commercial part, you have to work for your own salary almost every day. So if there's anybody out there listening thinking this is interesting, what do you offer sponsors? We offer them a huge range of, of different options. I mean, it, it depends on which company it is. Of course, our car sponsor, we just signed with a new partner. They are with us every day because without our cars, we couldn't do the leak. So they are a major part of our life, actually, every day. So we offer them a lot of hospitalities and we offer them visibility on our webpage, on our social media. We do all the press releases for them for every race, actually. We do some press releases. And of course, they uh, have their own boat uh, if they fancy. So they can go on practice to figure out and to show the the employees what it is sailing actually can do. Because even though you're not a proper sailor, probably you never sailed before, you can actually go and, and do a really good job on the boats. And just that kind of team spirit is worth a lot of money for a lot of companies. So that's what we are trying to do when we have our small little uh, pitch out there. You said you've sold it to all these countries. So do you help them get started? Is it like a franchise? They get all these things and gadgets to <laughs> set it up and have to follow a certain... How do you, how do you, how's the business model with that? Well, it's a kind of a franchise. So they get the logo, they get the first how to do, what to set up, what is it like we call it the Danish case. Mm-hmm. What do you do to get started? Because it's actually, when you just have the idea and how would you say it, if you're motivated to start, then it's actually just to go. It it makes really good sense when you're running. So we actually help them get it going, start the first press release, the logo, the invitation for the first event. How would you organize it? What does it look like when you're sailing? How would you kind of cooperate? How would you coordinate? And all that kind of stuff. So it's it's actually down to logistics and, and the planning because sailing in, in Portugal, for example, they are way ahead of us in some ways. And in that way, we help each other. But because we figured out how the logo is, the branding, how we would like the events to be, we are the mother of the brand, yeah. but we like to franchise it and get them on board. But it's it's really different. Sailing WOW in Cascais, for example, in Portugal, is a lot different to sailing uh, WOW in Copenhagen and, and Denmark and compared to Hungary. Okay, so it's not, so that, it's not, not like it's the same experience wherever you go in the world, that kind of no. like, thing. <laughs> okay. One size does not fit, fit all in this, uh, in this case, which is, I think is really good because otherwise we might have some nations who would fail, actually. So we better... Um, Customize it a bit. Can you participate, like, say, in a Danish event, but then say, yeah, I want to go to Portugal and participate there. Can you still come as a foreigner and participate there? Yeah, you can. But then we will set you up with a team so you'll not be, like, on your own. 
So we have our Facebook page where we kind of connect uh, women on water on Facebook, connect sailors who would like to go on a on a sailing uh, event or just go sailing somewhere in Denmark or in outside Denmark. We can help too. So that's women on water, the Facebook on Facebook. Yeah. Is that an open group that you can apply to join? Yes, it is. And then you can just send us a text message and we will forward it to one of our ambassadors around the country. Nice. <laughs> That's a really cool, cool concept. Now, um, Thank you. I know you've been playing around with, uh, I don't know how far you're with it, but e-sailing and this whole e-sports, I'm, I'm a little behind, I think, but it's totally new to me. So what, what's the point with e-sports and e-sailing? Yeah, it's exploding, as you know, in all, all, in, in all over the world and on, in different kinds of sports too. And our mother, the Danish Sailing Federation, has been kind of invited to join the e-sports And because we think it's a really interesting part for club development, which is what the league does too, mm-hmm. we thought that it might be a way to go. So we said, yes, take us. We would like to be part of the team who's developing. So mm-hmm. we actually uh, cooperate with one of the best e-sailers in Denmark. He's the best these days, Lucas Moore. And then the Danish Sailing League, our project called Youngsters, which is sailing for, for young people from 13 to 22. Mm-hmm. And then the Danish uh, Sailing Federation So we had made this application in autumn 2019 for the Denmark Sports Federation. Mm-hmm. And then we, we got a really good funding to start up this project. So these days we are just about to publish the whole setup with ambassadors, flyers, stickers, everything, events. The Danish championship is just around the corner, the first one ever in e-sailing. So it's really, really big these days. I can, you know, say like like skiing, which is my sport. Weather is a pretty important factor in sailing. How do you add in that factor in e environment? <laughs> well, in e sailing, the weather is always really nice. <laughs> you could say that. As for example, in cycling, you cycle and uh, you will be super sweaty and it will be hard and you will do your vets on the bike. But yeah. e sailing is different. So you're more doing the tactics. You're playing on your iPad or on the computer. So it's more on the focus, on the rules, and to be tactical on the on the course and the buoyancy and different kind of boats. So we actually practice different boats type. So it will be for you skiing. It will maybe be going uh, alpine and then also doing, yeah, I'm not so much into skiing, but a different kind of skiing too. So we compete in different boats in e-sailing. It will make you to a better sailor when you go on the water, when the weather is better. <laughs> There is that purpose with it that you do want to take people from e and out on the water yeah for sure it's a part of a development plan for the coming years we want to develop sailing and we want to be more popular and we think that e-sailing is a part or an area where we can kind of catch some people who is into e-sports and actually get them into the federations and get them down to the clubs and then go sailing hopefully when the weather is really nice So this, the e-sailing concept is for non-sailors too. My background is not from sailing, but I am, I'm competing in the e-sailing too. I wouldn't say uh, top 10, but I do manage to get around the buoyancy and, and finish at a certain point. So that's a really good way to practice because also for sailing, as for skiing and for a lot of other sports, damaging your gear is really, really expensive and pushing it really to the limit, see how far you can go. Go up when go down when you can actually 
do a lot of practice without any damage, which is really, really nice for the sailors and for the club, of course. Let's yeah. get that story before we wrap it up here. Because you were an athlete as well and competed in triathlon. So how how did you transition from being an athlete and over into working in sailing and, and events like this? I actually started, I did some pro racing tour road racing and triathlon when I used to live in Singapore so it was actually all my experience as an athlete you know doing the check-in putting my bike on the ranks where's the starting area where's my nutrition all that stuff that I took with me as a project manager for first duathlon and then for this sailing but I think my force for the sailing league is that I do not have any kind of experience with sailing I did a few things many many years ago a few tours but it wasn't at this level at all. So, so from my point of view, I think the, the good thing from, from my background is that I have focused on a lot of things, nutrition too and all that. But in our league setup, it is that I question mark some things because the sailors just take it now and then for granted. And maybe it's not the best way to organize it. Maybe it's not the best way to do it. Now and then you need a different saying to get other people's on board interested because if you just keep repeating different words certain words that i as an as a non-sailor do not understand then then sailing will never be as a, a public sport as we we hope it will be soon i think that's a that's a great lesson to end it with that because the audience of this show is a, a former athletes mostly and we talk a lot about how to transition out of the sports and, and finding that new mission after sports and i think it's beautiful to see how you are repurposing the skills that you have from your sports but also leveraging that over into even the things that you don't know anything about being an advantage if you know what I mean yeah (laughs) you need to see it that way to succeed now and then but I really actually think that it's a good way that people when they hire for example in the ski business that a former ski athlete is a really good way to start but not being afraid of of taking other competences and and backgrounds and educations into it's a really it's a strain for a lot of companies I would say and and that's from my point of view and from my background we came with a different funding and a different economy and sponsors wasn't a big issue as it is here in sailing so that kind of experience is is really interesting too well thank you so much for taking the time to share this with us i think it's super exciting what you guys are doing good luck with the launch of your e sailing yes <laughs> to all the listeners out there if you feel hooked on starting some kind of event or maybe even starting a women on water where you're at well you know where to go so we That's have a sure. Women on Water group on Facebook and you're on Instagram as well, right? Yeah. And yes. we are that with the e-sailing Denmark too. And mm-hmm. we are that with the side sports league in the Danish sailing league. We mm-hmm. are on Facebook, Instagram, and even though YouTube and LinkedIn. So please join us. Okay. <laughs> well, thank you very much. And consider yourself part of the Athlete Story community minute. Thank you. It was a pleasure. Thank you for listening to Athlete Story. You are awesome. If you are yourself a world-class athlete or former, don't hesitate to come over on athletestory.com and check out more free stuff and resources to help you thrive in and benefit from your sports career. Dare to prepare. Then get yourself out there. Stay in touch.